Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's Deep Learning Crowd podcast of episode eight. We are joined by Florian Sherrill. Florian is a young entrepreneur who has founded a company called Fast AI Movies, a company that uses artificial intelligence to produce fully automated, customized training videos through machine learning techniques, including NLP and deepfakes. He is 18 years old, a very passionate young individual who has been programming since 12 and has been working in the AI field for the past three years. Today, we get to learn about him, what it takes for a young entrepreneur to be in this field so early. We talk about his learning curves. We talk about the ethics of AI. And we also talk a bit about the educational system for people of his age. And of course, we understand what it's like being a young entrepreneur and the vision he has for himself for the future. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And it's good to have you amongst the crowd. Hi, Russ. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm looking forward to the podcast. Yeah, no, look, I'm super excited by this episode. I haven't had someone so young join me and ambitious. Of course, I've had guests who are ambitious and have been very successful. But at this age, you know, it's very rare. And I want to give you a platform. I want you to introduce yourself to my network and, yeah, give you a good experience, hopefully, of sharing your product and sharing your, your life story so far. I'm intrigued. I'm amazed by what you've done so far. And I'm quite happy that um, we're able to let our guests hear a bit about you. So just to track it back, like I always do, I want to understand a little bit about your background. So those who don't know who you are. So yeah, give me a, give me an idea of what you've been up to so far in your in your life and your background. Yeah, so thanks. So um, I'm I'm currently 18 years old. So yeah, as you said, a very young um, yeah, I started programming um, at the age of 12. So first of all, I taught myself uh, Python and therefore I took some online courses. I uh, comp- competed at some competitions and also um, bought some books. And then after that, uh, so uh, three years ago, I started with AI programming. So um, and also there are first of all simple classification and regression tasks. And then after that, um, generative adversarial networks and also transformers, so language models. And um, same here, um, I started to join some online courses, some online universities. So and then after that, I bought some reference books uh, from the O'Reilly publisher. And um, then um, also I I had the chance to do an internship at an AI startup where I uh, worked with four machine learning engineers. And I also learned a lot. And um, yes, and, and right now I'm, or uh, since one year, uh, for one year I'm building my, my AI startup, um, so my own AI startup, and therefore I'm programming a lot, and also use language models and um, also some GANs. And your startup is called Fast AI Movies, which we'll dive into very shortly, but a very impressive startup, something that I thought was looked really cool, very ambitious as well. But a lot of our guests are going to be quite curious. So, look, you're 18 years old. You've been programming for six odd years. You Six years, did you say, sorry? Yes. How does someone think of programming at that age? You do hear the odd individual who starts that early, but then, but what, what made you want to get into programming? And then also, what made you get into AI specifically? So, um, yeah, I, I think the future of our world and of also of our work is um, IT and uh, especially um, AI and 
um, yeah, I'm fascinated of AI, what uh, you can solve with AI, what problems you can solve with AI. And um, also, um, I think um, programming, uh, everybody can start to um, teach themselves um, uh, to program. So um, actually, I, I like the, the logic be behind programming. So um, they have um, different techniques, but um, for example, the objective oriented programming um, and so on. And yeah, so um, I'm I'm I I'm doing easy in school. So I had had some time um, to 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 learn this programming things. And um, because I think that's the future, and you can solve the many problems, I I started with this. And yeah, then I got fascinated. Mm. Yes. Does well, just curious. Do you have any people in your school that did followed the same footsteps as you? Any or is it any other programmers at your age that you know? within your network? So, um, yes, I, in my network, I have some other programmers at my age, so 18 and 17 years um, around. But in my school, though, I, I also had some programmers who were in my class and who also tried some things. So we had a, a robot, and now it's called, and, and there we, we could program it during school, but they, they didn't go that forward as I did. So they just did some simple task and didn't go to AI. So many people start with programming and then they don't go to AI or something like this because their things go more complicated because um, you also have to understand the math behind this. Yeah. And when we first spoke, I, when I wanted to actually understand, because that I feel like there sometimes has to be some form of guidance to the direction someone goes in. Sometimes it can be solely down to an individual but there's always some form of influence and we talked a little bit about your family and you said your father was a physicist so tell me how he's influenced you to get into doing this so yes my my father studied physics and also um, therefore he supported my way and um, motivated me to start programming and then also I had um, some other advantages so um, at our school we had a good IT teacher and he also um, helped me with some problems at my first steps and teached me there how I can solve this and taught me there how I can solve this. Awesome. So let's get a bit of insight to where we are now then. So that was a nice overview of your background. Hopefully the listeners can really understand how someone so young has got into it. But so what are you up to at the moment then? Tell us a bit about your current actions or what you're up to. Yeah, so um, right now we are in the incorporation process. So we are working for our startup um, now for one and a half year, actually. And uh, we built our MVP three months ago. So we spoke with over 50 B2B companies to evaluate our product, our prototype. And um, now we found the right target group. And um, right now uh, we, we have finished our first for pilot projects and right now we are uh, we want to attract the first um, customers mm. so after the pilot projects that's our current status yeah so your company fast ai movies just so our listeners understand in in basic term we, we, we will get a little bit technical but just at the at the moment like what does your company do in the most simplistic way so in the most uh, simple way, um, in one sentence, if I should describe my company, with fast AI movies, we use AI to generate fully automated training videos out of the content of a company. So they provide us a text, for example, a PDF, 
and um, then our AI extracts information, makes an um, animated presentations and transforms everything to a fully coherent training video. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, for those who are listening, you can probably check out Fast AA movies. You'll be able to see some of their examples. I think you've got some on your website as well. So I understand the product, but what's typically your mission? What are you trying to achieve and what's the vision? So actually, um, our mission is to achieve education equality. So training videos nowadays are very expensive. So you, you pay for a five-minute training video um, around 7,000 euros. So it's very, very expensive. And also it takes a lot of time to produce them because you have to find the right information. You have to build some presentations and so on. And our um, goal is to, um, to reduce the costs with AI. So right now um, we are um, 85% cheaper than, than if we don't do this with AI and also over 90% faster. And therefore, because we have a fast changing world with fast changing products, we want to achieve education equality and to make everybody um, access, to have everybody access to training videos and so on. Awesome. Okay, and you're aiming for B2B, so you're aiming for businesses, right? Yes. Cool. How have you got to where you are in terms of uh, like support? Like maybe initially, like, is there any funding behind you or anything like that? So um, we, there we have to differentiate. So we don't have direct financial funding, but um, for ex- we have different other types of support. So, for example, uh, through our accelerators, we got access to, uh, to very many cloud credentials. So uh, we have now um, enough cloud credentials to train our AI models and so on. And um, also we won at uh, one competition a server with a high-end GPU, so therefore we also could start uh, training our AI models and so on. And then, of course, uh, we have a lot of advisors and mentors um, because we are in different accelerators and um, networks, and there we got supported. And I think that's the most important thing because there we get some some tips, some guidance, and that's often more worth than money. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I remember we were talking about startup teens, you said, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, startup teens is, is, is one organization in Germany who focuses especially on on young entrepreneurs and they they have a large network i think with over 1000 with over 1000 entrepreneurs um, who support us and so on um, so if we need for example some guidance for some tax uh, things or if we need uh, some lawyers or something like this then we have the opportunity to get access there and also um, another organization that supports um, young entrepreneurs is Jugend Gründet and um, there we also um, won some some prizes and um, that's that's great for us because there um, that helps us to develop our company further our startup. Yeah in the situation you are as well you were you're 18 years young started this when you were 17 there's no way you know everything about business, about AI. So every, of course, n- neither does the leaders. Everyone has some form of mentors or advisors. Do you have that kind of support network around you as well? Yeah, so of course, so especially because I had some knowledge at AI, but actually nearly no knowledge at how to build a startup. Mm. So I could I started programming my prototype and so on. But um, the, then you have a lot of other things um, to do, like uh, marketing and so on, and uh, sales. And that's 
sometimes even harder than building the uh, product, the technical, so the technical part. And therefore, so especially for the business part, I had a lot of um, supporters who guided me how to build uh, a website and also um, with my and our team, um, somebody uh, helped us to build our website and um, also for the technical things, we had supporters because, as I said, we use very new machine learning techniques and uh, especially in the NLP, so the natural language processing techniques that we use are very complicated and um, are, are very huge models and therefore we had the chance to exchange with experts from from universities, for example, and other good institutes, for example, I don't know if you know in Germany the Max Planck Institute or the Fraunhofer Institute, there we had the chance to uh, to exchange with very um, proven experts. Cool, excellent. And do you have any idea for like growth plans, like where you want to take this, whether it's by headcount, whether it's by, I don't know, like what's your growth plans? Yeah, so of course um, we want to scale very fast because we want to offer a software as a service product. So um, therefore, the first step is to build our web app. So that's currently our process. And there are also two external software developers support us because it's not the AI part that's important there. It's uh, important how to build the architect architecture, also the cloud architecture. So we have to build a Kubernetes cluster and so on. And that's the first step for growth, scale, scaling um, to, to have a web app where the customer can upload his data and um, to automate the, the sales process. So that's the first way. And then in the second way, we want to include distribution partners to grow and to scale. So, um, for example, some consultancies and so on that could help us um, in, in our, for our, because they, they have as their customers also our target group and um, then they could um, distribute our software as well. Awesome. Okay. And look, you, you've clearly reached some form of success so far. And I think the most successful thing you've done so far is if you've actually been able to set up a startup at your age. I think that whether you achieve greatness or whether you just, you know, it's a learning curve and maybe you start, have another startup in a few years time. I think you've already reached success for someone of your age as well to even just be doing what you're doing. Um, but have you, have you achieved many milestones at all within your business? Yes, of course, there are several milestones. And if we start, so the first most important thing was to write a business plan. And there I, I had um, a lot of supporters who helped me there because that was differ uh, very difficult for me because I'm from the technical, uh, I'm coming from the technical side. And then there I had to um, make all this business parts. I had to make there some strategy and so on. So that was our first milestone. And after that, also the second or the most important milestone, I would say, because I'm from the, I'm a tech guy, is uh, building the prototype. And yeah, it's a process actually, because you have to develop, then you have to evaluate, and then you have to develop something new, some new features and so on. And then um, you have to use a new AI model because the other one doesn't perform that good and so on. So that's a process. But the first step actually was, when we had a prototype where we can start our pilot project, that's also the third milestone. So, and uh, right now the fourth milestone is that we evaluated our pilot projects and now are ready to um, start having our first paying customers. That's that's the most important. Or the that's a cool milestone because you can see everything um, you worked has now the first uh, return. Uh, now comes the first return. 
it's like, I'm not comparing your, what you're doing to a recruiter, but it's like when you do your first deal, it's, it's like everything you've worked for, you know, all this hard work you put in, you eventually get a sale, a deal, or you get a first customer. It's, um, it's a milestone and you, you have to celebrate your wins, whether how small or big. So yeah, congrats on that. Yeah. Keep up the good work on your company. Very impressive. Let's just dive a little bit into the tech because obviously this is a, an AI podcast. I think some of our listeners might be quite intrigued by the uh, ML and or yeah ML and NLP stack that you work with. So first of all, what sort of programming tools are you working with uh, at the moment? Okay, so um, I, I start with the very basic thing. So our main programming language is Python. There we program all our AI models and so on. And um, then for our web app, we use Angular as a framework and um, JavaScript, but that not that's not our um, machine learning uh, language. And um, our frameworks for machine learning, we focused on PyTorch. So, and um, then also what other AI tools we use. So we have two different um, important AI tools. First of all, our language models, so transformers, where, where we process our data and make everything um, with our text data and um, create the presentation and so on. And then um, the second, not that important model, but also um, I think nowadays a good or a cool or a trend model is our generative adversarial network. And therefore, they we use them to build our talking head, so our our our, our avatar who speaks. Mm. And all the programming, all the machine learning, all the NLP related tools and tech, are you doing this all yourself? Is that what your main focus is in? Yes, so that's my main focus. And so actually, I am responsible for these things mainly. So that's my main focus, my main work, and um, these um, tools because also that's our heart of our startup, if we can say this. That's the tech, and that's our USP um, that we have, and yeah, that's that's I'm doing for myself. Of course, as I said, I have there some experts and some advisors. With them, I can exchange, and they help me, and that's very good because if I have some, so I have some opportunities, some different opportunities that I can if I want to program a new feature. And then I have some different um, opportunities, which AI models I use, which data sets I create, and so on for training. I could um, try everything for myself, so but then it needs a lot of time uh, because we, I have to train everything and to test and to evaluate. But if I have the opportunity to exchange with some um, experts and advisors from this field, um, it helps me to exclude some some models and then to focus only let's say on two or three and evaluate them and then it's much faster for me Mm. so you know what you're doing at the moment is really good I, i like it a lot but there's you know as you are so young there is always room for learning so I, I always think that every business has their learning curves. I don't like to say mistakes because there's no mistake if you learn from it. It's just learning curves. But has there any been um, situations so far where you think that that's something you've learned from and about your business so far? So definitely there are a lot of things. Also, um, I had from the very uh, big first beginning some advisors by and I didn't always took these advices and therefore I did some, yeah, I would call them mistakes but as you said that are learning um, curves because right now so in my future I wouldn't do these mistakes anymore and so the biggest mistake actually was that I waited too long to speak to my customers so I wanted to have a perfect product I wanted to be market ready and then start uh, speaking to my customers and that's 
a very a bad thing because um, I did this and then um, I had developed a lot and then I speak to my customers and after or to my potential customers and after the first 10 interviews I saw half of my code is useless I have to develop something new and if I um, didn't do this I would have uh, saved a lot of time yeah so I think one thing that's definitely clear to take away from this is as an entrepreneur myself get started now and get perfect later that is one thing I follow. Like when it comes to doing my first podcast episode, I was nervous as hell. Like I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I had, I knew I had to follow a structure, but I didn't feel co- entirely comfortable. But I knew get the first one done, and then the next ones get better and better. And there's no such thing as perfect, but you get as close to perfect as possible. And it, when it comes to doing working with my first client, I didn't want to wait until I was a better recruiter. The, the way to be a better recruiter is to get started now. And the way to probably be a better businessman within AI or within programming is to communicate with your customers early and get them on board, get started as soon as possible. And they might be able to say, no, you know, this is not working. And then you can actually realize, evolve your business from that. So that's a really good key point learning curve to take away. I like it. But but is there any other learning curves that you come across? Yeah, definitely. So um, actually something nearly important than the first um, mistake was that I didn't realize that it's that important to um, make targeting groups. So actually, first of all, we wanted to solve we wanted to solve a problem for everybody. So we wanted to automate the video creation po- process for every kind of video and for everybody. So actually for marketing videos, uh, training videos, explanatory videos, we wanted to solve the everything. And also we didn't um, focus on one company size or some industry. So we wanted to have for every B2- so for every company, so we, we just wanted to focus on B2B, and but uh, for every company to, to make it uh, possible to automate their, their video process. But then we recognized it's difficult because you have to develop features for every, new features for every company and for every kind of video, there, videos there are different problems or some things you have to tackle with. And um, therefore, um, then we started to, to targeting our groups. Yeah, uh, there's actually a book that I've read. It's called Built to Sell. It's not a sales book. It's a built to sell your business. And I'm not saying you're going to sell your business. Uh, that is a lot of dreams for a lot of entrepreneurs, of course, because then you can advance and go into something different and, I don't know, take a step up. But Built to Sell, and one of the first things I learned from that book was specialize, find your niche market. Don't try to do everything for everyone. Like So if, as a recruiter, I focus in data and AI in Bavaria and Munich because like, it just allows me to build a stronger network, understand my network there and really be able to nurture my clients to the best of my ability. And that's why you have a target group and for the same for you. So you can, uh, you know, you focus whether it's on startups, whether it's on small to medium, whether it's corporate companies and try and you have to narrow it down as much as possible and then start with that. And if it's not successful, you either keep trying or maybe change your target group slightly and then see how that gets on. But when you're trying to do everything at once, you just get messy. That's what I thought. Definitely. And right now we already... um um, detect some niche markets. So we focus now on um, companies with 100 to 500 employees and also um, just from the DAC region, so uh, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. And um, also just focus on some 
industries, so services, education, e-commerce and electronic, that are our main industry because there it, our, our AI um, works very good and uh, our, the results are very good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're now doing it right, I think. That's really, really good. Anything else on the learning curve front? Yeah, so um, maybe one thing because that was in my mind and there I also was uh, wrong, I would say, is that I first uh, had the fear of that somebody uh, could steal my idea. So therefore, I, <laughs> yeah, I uh, kept quiet, uh, very quiet in my first two months and so on and um, didn't talk about my idea, my, my, my code, um, so what I, what I programmed so far and so on and that's definitely a mistake because you have more advantages a lot of more advantages if you exchange with mentors with your target group uh, with experts from also from the field of ai who can give you some advices and then you have a lot of more advantages than if you just keep programming for your own and don't talk about your idea or your product i think that's human nature you know i think it's quite natural for humans if they think of an idea and they want to make it work and they because there are other there are companies out there who could probably replicate your company and do it quite quickly but they don't need to because they're doing what they're doing but you subconsciously think that people could just steal your idea that's that's just human nature and like you said now you speak about it now you share it you learn from people people like your actual target group can give you feedback like the quicker you talk about it within reason don't obviously just go crazy and tell like put it out to the market to anyone and anyone but yeah i fully um fully agree with that point but your your business model you do cross paths well one thing we wanted to talk about was the some ethics or the ethical side of certain parts of ai and deep fakes is something that you wanted to talk about so i'm just quite curious to get your thoughts on that on the ethical side so yeah, I think um, right now it's it's a trend um, with deepfakes and you also can see right now or in the last years you can see the, the negative side of deepfakes and mainly the most negative side of deepfakes is the risk of propaganda. So some countries, some some systems, some people could misuse um, the, the tech of creating some deepfakes and doing that uh, propaganda and um, that's I think a very negative side of deepfakes and um, also there are some models where you can detect right now deepfakes but it doesn't um, work that good so I think that's for the future the most important thing how we can avoid um, doing um, some uh, misuse of propaganda with deepfakes. Mm. We actually had a conversation about this prior to the podcast, didn't we? So that's why we wanted to talk about it. And the uh, Ukrainian president, Mr. Zelensky, he actually had, without getting political, don't worry, we won't, <laughs> but he actually had a deepfake spread around Russia like wildfire of him basically proving Putin's point about war and as to why they're going to war with Russia and, and that's why Russia are reciprocating and also fighting back because they use a deep fake of Zelensky basically saying all these things about Russia and those who have no idea about AI are going to believe it if I didn't work in the AI field I have no reason to learn about AI because I'm not a programmer or anything like that so I would probably believe it at first at least so that is an example of 
deep fakes and propaganda in the real world, not just, you know, it, theoretically, it, it, you know, it can happen, but we actually are seeing it happen, which is a bit crazy, right? Yeah, definitely. So it's also um, very sad that, that people do this because if you use um, the techniques uh, correctly or if you use it right, then many people can benefit. For example, if you use it in the educational context, then many people could benefit from this. You could translate um, some things in all languages around the world and so on and create their new videos and so on. But if you, if you, um, but you are also able to use this for some negative uh, things like this. And um, yeah, the, the problem is that many people um, don't know about um, AI that much. So they didn't, don't know what's possible with AI and then they believe um, because they, they, that looks really very realistic. So um, at some points you can't um, differentiate if this is real or uh, so in many models, um, if you use some models, you can't differentiate if this, this is a real video or a deepfake. And yeah, that, that's, that's a problem. So do you, what's your thoughts on regulations? Like surely we need something in place to try to control this, especially in the area of deepfakes. Yeah, so I think uh, we, we need some kind of regulation there, but I think it's not that easy to do this because um, there isn't a, a, a worldwide um, organization who could do this because not all countries would accept this. And also you you shouldn't regulate too much because then you can't um, do the then you can't use the benefits from techniques like this. So right now the, the European Union are creating some laws for AI and um, deepfakes, for example, one one law says that you have to label your video if it contains deepfakes or something like this. So that's that's um, I think a, a good a good point. And yeah, of course, as I said, uh, some people are developing AI models to detect deepfakes. But uh, if you have a new AI model who can create a new deepfake, then you have to develop again a new AI model who detects these deepfakes. So actually they are always some one step behind and therefore it's also um, a, a problem. But I think there is not that right one solution that solves this problems and avoid these ne negative effects. But I think you can get in the right direction and you can try to solve this problem. Yeah, but I, I do. I actually recently saw on, uh, on LinkedIn, uh, there are Detect, uh, deep fake detection companies now there they are a few but like you said you have to continuously react so if there is you can't really work proactively necessarily because you don't know what how they're being created so you have to put something you know det another detection on that way that deep fake's been built i don't know like obviously i'm not the ai guy but um it's interesting and it's a, an area which i think uh, could go wrong unless it's regulated and quite controlled. And obviously we wanted to talk about it because you did have a little bit, your product does cross paths with a little bit of the sort of deep fakes as an element, didn't you say? Yeah, so so it's a, a, a little part of our product um, creates this talking heads and um, yeah, they use these techniques, but actually that's not our main benefit. So because many companies right now or some companies right now are creating these talking heads and that's that, therefore it's not our USP and not our main benefit. Uh, so our main benefit is definitely that you only have to upload a document, a PDF or something like this, and it doesn't have to contain a coherent text. If there are bullet points, it's also fine. And our AI creates a real structure, so a structured presentation. So um, yeah, I, let's call this PowerPoint, but it's more than PowerPoint. So 
you you can detect synonyms and so on and it um, appears and, and disappears uh, some key points and so on so a real structure for training videos and that's the main uh, most important part that uh, right now humans have to do and we automate this with AI because um, but right now humans have to do this so over 90% of the production time they have to focus on this thing and the, the talking head so the This only uh, costs 10% of the production time. So um, we also do this, but it's not our main part. Yep, I understand. Well, look, I've, I've got a question. It's a little bit off topic, though. But because you are at that age group and you haven't very... Well, you're you're still technically within the education, right? Uh, well, you're, we're going to talk about your educational goals as well. But what do, you, what do you think about our educational system? Do you agree what's being taught in school? Or do you think it should go toward... Like, Do you think maybe programming should be like a mandatory subject now? Like, I don't know. Tell me, what do you think? Yeah, so so uh, that's a good point. Um, and I I definitely think um, programming, so um, IT should be a mandatory subject. And um, because it's that important, and I also currently I'm doing my A-level. So uh, as we record right now in one month, I'm, I'm, I have should have been finished with this A-levels. And therefore, we have an A-levels two mandatory topics, maths and German, and also one language of our choice, but that are our mandatories. And I think IT has to, or programming has to be a mandatory because, and maybe later also AI, because in some years, everything, nearly everything would be um, with AI. And um, if you don't have knowledge there, I think it's very, very hard. And I think it, everybody should have some basic knowledge with AI or programming. And yeah, I hope at some point they implement this in the education system and make this mandatory because I think it's, it's, it is important as German and maths. So, um, and uh, also it's another language actually. It's, as it's important to speak English, it's also important to maybe, let's say, program with Python or something like this. So what are you studying in A-levels right now? So, uh, yeah, in A-levels right now, uh, as I said, there's two mandatory things, maths and German, and then I do IT. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great because, uh, of course, I like IT, so that's my third. Um, and then we have two oral exams in Germany or in Bavaria, and therefore I do English. And, and then the second um, exam is religion because, yes, I'm... That's also for me good to argue and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Do you think it would be a cool idea for like A-levels, Not maybe not uh, within your, I don't know if you call it GCSEs as well, but we call it like in the high school year. But I think A-levels, would you think they should implement an AI uh, subject? So, yeah, I, I think that has would have a big advantage. And of course, uh, right now, so you can't go that deep uh, technical into this AI thing because there you need high-end maths knowledge so um, it's more than you learn in school so it's actually one of the so the first semesters of a maths studies you would need this knowledge and therefore it couldn't you couldn't go this deep into the AI part in school but you can learn some basic things how neural networks are built so and also um, maybe a bit in the ethics of AI and so it, it would be enough if you learn actually what you can solve with AI and what you can't solve with AI and as I said some some structures so not actually maybe not um, really training or programming um, or go in, in detail because then it's 
very hard to learn this as a student. Also, for many students, it would be uh, hard to learn this at an age, let's say, of 17 or 18, because, as I said, you need then um, some more maths knowledge. Yeah, I, awesome. Okay. Right. So you are 18 years old. You're an entrepreneur. You're an AI guru. AI becoming maybe an AI expert in your time. I'm sure you've still got a lot to learn, but you are definitely ahead of your curve. That's I'm absolutely sure of that. So what are the sort of vision? What's the long-term vision? Not for necessarily your company, but for you, what's your goals? What do you want to achieve? So definitely one vision is to implement the entrepreneurial mindset, actually. So um, I want to start right now with fast AI movies, also after my A-levels. That's my main focus, because as I said, we are now at a at a very interesting or exciting point and uh, there are a lot of opportunities right now with fast AI movies to scale and grow and um, but even if this fails I want to I want to be still an entrepreneur so maybe then I have at some point or it, even if it doesn't fails and uh, it, it works successfully if I have at some point new ideas and um, then um, I want to build a new company or and because I think it's, it's great to be an entrepreneur. You have the opportunity to build something up from zero and um, that's a good feeling and you can revolutionize something in the world with your ideas. And yeah, that's that's my long vision and my long-term goal. Because what, what I like about you as well is that you are not following the system. And what I mean by that is that you are already trying to go off on your own, whether it doesn't work out or it does initially, I still think with the entrepreneurial mindset, you are going to eventually find yourself in the same footsteps that you're in now, whether it's with a new company, whether it's growing fast AI, like there is so much opportunity for you and where you are ahead of the curve. As I said, it's really, really exciting to see. But with every good AI guy that I speak with, they do tend to have quite a strong educational background. But you obviously, yeah, you've got a lot of hands-on experience already, as we know, but do you have like educational goals at all? What, what do you want to do? Yeah, so I think it's it does make sense to make a bachelor because at least a bachelor after that, maybe more, because um, not only because you get new technical knowledge, because you can, as I said, you can teach for yourself a very lot of things and I already do this, but uh, more to build a huge network and to get access to some new experts and so on. I think therefore it does make sense to make bachelor at least and um, yeah, maybe also some things later. And that's also so my plan to do this. Yeah, no, just to summarize everything, I think you're an exceptional young talent. I'm really excited to see you grow. You're very confident. I can't imagine myself being 18 years old, knowing what to say on a podcast. It's a bit alien for me to think of someone 18, very confident with what they do. You know what you're talking about. But the one thing you have is passion. I reckon that you spend as much as your time working on your company, learning that you're doing studies and running a business. I couldn't think of anything worse for me doing my exams and that. And then thinking of had to run in a recruitment company just wouldn't work for me, but you are doing it. So I congratulate you and I'll take my hat off to you, Florian. But yeah, look, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me on the deep learning crowd. Thanks. I, I liked it uh, really. And yes, I, I was a bit nervous because also for me, it was the first podcast, but um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me here. So it, it was very good. Cool.
Cool. Well, uh, thank you, Florian, and I hope our listeners enjoyed. Uh, feel free to check out Florian. I'll put all his details in the post that I put him on, but he's on LinkedIn. He does a lot of things for the community. He's I've seen some of his pitches that he's doing for his business. His business is all over uh, LinkedIn as well, on his page as well. And uh, feel free to check out his website, Fast AI Movies. Thanks, Florian, and uh, we'll see you around. Thank you. Thanks.